Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 12 of the Strictly NFL podcast. I'm Khan, here with my co-host Jeff. A lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of non-football subjects to talk about because both of these teams suck so bad. A lot of positivity starting this episode. <laughs> uh, Jeff, my guy, what's going on? Uh, not much. Uh, I'm going to get my uh, my Schwinn roast off early instead of making him wait through the pod, but my Broncos just clocked the Bills <laughs> last night. Oh, an overwhelming victory now, I mean. Just stupid. domination. Yeah, just, quarter, just you know. total total domination. That was just a ridiculous end to the game. I couldn't I couldn't believe that that's how the game ended. But yeah, I'm doing good. Um, I'm always excited to talk football with UConn. So let's uh, let's hop into it. <laughs> so the Strickland does have a Patreon. There is a three dollar tier, a six dollar tier, and a nine dollar tier. This podcast can be found behind the nine dollar tier uh, if you like what you're hearing. In addition to the Strickland having a YouTube, which is the Strickland, on Instagram at the Strick dot land, um, uh, the six dollar Strickland Patreon can get you access to the Strick and Roll, which is uh, Schwen's uh, personal uh, podcast every other week. In addition to a lot more stuff like a mailbag, uh, Strickland Discord, and all that other good stuff. Uh, secondly, this podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs, where, and it's where you can get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and many more sports. It continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place online wagers, including live betting, and where you can play your favorite casino and card games right from your phone. So you can he- head over to their website, or you, like I said, use your phone to sign up today and get in on all the action. Use the promo code BELIEVE, which is capital B-L-E-A-V, for 50% off on your welcome bonus first deposit at online where the game starts. Well, just before we start, Russ Wilson really showed Josh Allen how to take care of the football last night. He did. Russ has been, look, I, people got their jokes off about Russ and to a lesser extent, Sean Payton. Actually, maybe, maybe Sean Payton got it worse, but I feel like the universe is evening out a bit because look the Broncos aren't going to make the playoffs they're probably actually going to end up having their worst possible season like the Broncos tend to do they'll probably end up going like seven and nine or excuse me seven and ten or eight and nine or something like that and they just hate having top 10 picks for whatever reason but I just week one early people were like oh see Hackett wasn't the problem in Denver and Hackett's actually good no I mean, we can start with the Jets game. I'll, I'm happy to use this to segue into the Jets game. But Hackett's terrible. He's always been terrible. Anyone who thinks otherwise is doesn't know what they're watching. The Broncos' offense just looks completely different. I know they only scored 24 points or whatever, and they had the luxury of a few turnovers. But the Bills' defense is good. And Russ has 18 touchdowns, four, uh, four interceptions. Completion percentage is up almost 10%. It's up from 60 to 68. You want to know why that is? Because the offense actually caters to his skill set rather than having an undersized quarterback just stand in the pocket and try to throw intermediate routes, intermediate timing routes. 
that any Jets fan who's listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about because he's doing the exact same thing with Zach Wilson. It's insane. Sean Payton catering to his quarterback skill set, has him throwing a lot more safer passes with a lot clearer passing lanes. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos look night and day better from last season, and the Jets, surprise, surprise, look worse. Uh, uh, what did you think of the Jets game? Uh, on the uh, he saved my life meter, where would you rank Sean Payton from from Jay Cutler to uh, to an RJ Barrett or Emmanuel quickly? I'm sorry, what do you mean by that? They're both like, all three of those are ten. Oh, so, uh, Jay Cutler's a ten. I thought I thought you liked him, and then. Because he got traded, or because he got oh, traded. okay. So you mean you should have said Jay Cutler getting traded? I thought you just meant Jay Cutler in general. No, no, like no. Jay from, Cutler from, in general. Saved from my life. Jay Cutler getting traded oh. <laughs> to to the Emmanuel quickly extension, where would you rank Sean Payton? Like a two. Like a two. it's it. I mean, <laughs> going from Hackett to Payton is significant, but you could probably argue that it's hurting the Broncos long-term. They finally have a first-round draft pick, and they're going to get, like, the 14th or 15th pick. So, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not asking for him to tank. I appreciate him doing a better job. But if you're asking me if he's saved my life, no, it's just made Broncos games slightly more bearable. And, like, it's easy to forget the Broncos lost that ridiculous game against the Commanders when they were up, what, like, 28-3 to or something. They blew blew some insane lead in Week 2. They could... They could easily be five and four, or even better. It's just it's why it's a bit frustrating how long it's taken them to get going. But again, as someone who watches every game and wants their team to look competent, I do appreciate Sean Payton for what he's doing. Yeah, and just to pick off with that Jets game comment, it's just hilarious. Like seeing this team do the definition of insanity, right? Same thing, expecting different results. It's, it's it's the most mind-boggling thing. Like, Alan Lazard, just uh, respect to him for playing hurt. I, I heard that, or I think he's been on the injury report a lot. Respect to him for getting that out. He's been garbage this year. Um, he was brought in also to help seal the edge on a lot of those, you know, toss plays um, and just kind of outside run concepts. And he's been mediocre at best in those as well. So it's not looking like money well spent for them. Uzama. Um, with a holding call on a run on a running touchdown for Brees Hall, they got called back. I mean, there's a, there's so much dead money on this offense between Lazard, uh, even though Randall Cobb had the minimum salary, I believe. Uh, Uzama, Tyler Conklin is also, in my opinion, not a good use of salary just because he's such an unathletic or non dynamic tight end, especially when you have Jeremy Ruckert right there waiting to get snaps. So it's frustrating, man. The thing is, you see Zach Wilson, right? Like, he wasn't good this weekend. He also wasn't bad. And you saw him make throws like that one to Lazard where he dropped the arm angle down and he looked the other way, totally manipulated the linebacker, and he dropped the dime to Lazard who almost dropped it. So, like, this has not – like, Zach Wilson on the season has not been great. He's not even really been good in my opinion. But the Jets lost pretty much every marginal move on the offense this offseason. And quarterback play is about so much more than arm talent and like the throws you're capable of making. You have to be consistently making the throws. And Zach Zach doesn't do that. So like as long as he's inconsistent and his footwork is what it is, he's just not gonna be anything more than uh, you know, a replacement level quarterback. With that yeah. being said, he's not the reason the Jets lost this game. He just isn't. He he didn't play bad in that game. He was let down by his coach, his excuse me, his offensive coordinator. His teammate, some of his teammates, 
And I just want to say, you know, in spite of what I just said about quarterback play not being about your ceiling, the jump throw he made on that final drive to set them up for the Hail Mary and then his play to evade Max Crosby and somehow make that Hail Mary pass to Garrett Wilson are two of the more impressive, just incredible plays I've seen from the quarterback position. And, well, I'll just say it. If the Chiefs played that game and they barely lost, but Patrick Mahomes did those things, everybody would have been acting like the Chiefs won and they, w- they would have been on Sports Center for the rest of our lives. So, I mean, I... I think the thing that you really want to see, and like it sucks just on a human level because Zach Wilson's his days are probably numbered in New York unless he goes on a real heater to end this season. Um, I think, I think when you see stuff like that, you just see that the guy really cares. Like he, he's leaving it all out there, and maybe his all isn't good enough, but for a franchise that's just had so many embattled. Um, moments so many tough moments and then Zach Wilson they take him number two overall and he's been a disappointment for him to just come like fight through the scrutiny keep putting stuff on himself and just keep just trying his absolute best to get his team over the finish line I don't know there's something respectable to me about that and I know a lot of Jets fans won't feel that way but and maybe it's easier for me to feel that way being a bit more objective but I do I do if I have a quote-unquote second team, it is the Jets. My dad and my older my, my dad is a Jets fan. My older brother was a Jets fan. Um, so there is some emotional uh, commitment there for me. And yeah, just I, it's hard for me to be too hard on Zach because I know there's a lot of things working against him right now. And I do think that he's shown a maturity that he hasn't shown in the past and a buy-in that he hasn't shown. And I, I just wanted to get that out there, I guess. It's also no longer Zach Wilson, the second overall pick, right? It's like Zach Wilson, the second overall pick, who was benched for Chris Traveler and then was the backup this season for Aaron Rodgers, who just has to play because Aaron is hurt. Like, that's the Zach Wilson that we're grading right now, right? You know, that draft capital is out of the picture at this point. And if we're grading on a backup quarterback scale, I think – Besides that game Tyrod Taylor played against the Commanders, like I think Zach Wilson's been as good as you could have hoped for from a backup quarterback. Besides Josh Dobbs, I should I should include him too. Josh Dobbs is somebody, and, and you can you can talk, yeah, I mean Dobbs is in his own tier. Um, you can talk I think about he's a starter in this league, by the way. But he looked he looked great on Sunday. Um, you can talk about the X and O's this more, but just because I think you're more familiar with them than me, but. I think Jets fans have to remember or give credence to just how suboptimally he's being coached because we see, we see his arm talent and his ability to go through progressions when they do cater plays to his skill set, when they do try to leverage Brees Hall and bring the linebackers up. And all of a sudden you have Garrett crossing, you have multiple options in the intermediate and Zach with time, off of play action or bootlegging either rolling either way is a capable quarterback. And Hackett just doesn't do that a lot. He, he was successful with Aaron Rodgers doing what Aaron Rodgers does. And he's like, Oh yeah, this is my, he, he somehow he's like, 
I don't even know. He's like Dusty Baker thinking it was his managing that got the Giants to the World Series in 2002 when they had Barry fucking Bonds. It's like, <laughs> no, you have Barry Bonds. Like, just nothing you did was helpful. It's just you had one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Cool, dude. You had Aaron Rodgers who who can improvise better than any quarterback ever and who's six foot four and a, has more arm talent than any quarterback ever. Anything you do is going to look good. You have to – now you have a six-foot quarterback who's who – operates better outside the pocket and needs more throwing lanes cater to that. And somehow in one season and 10 weeks, he hasn't figured that out with either of his quarterbacks after Aaron Rodgers. It's fucking infuriating. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) the, the first and second down runs just back to back every drive. It's, it's not even, you know, Something where it's like, okay, we're going to go outside zone here. We're going to go toss this time. You know, then we're going to run a trap. We're going to run a wrap, stuff like that. It's just like, it's up the gut. And then when they do call a play action on first down, Zach hit Garrett Wilson for like a 25, 30-yard gain, which was by far the biggest play of the game, I believe. So at some point, right, I, I know we said we're grading on a different scale than second overall pick Zach Wilson. But I still don't think Zach Wilson – Right now, at this point, somebody who sinks you if you call 30 pass attempts a game, right? If you call 33 pass attempts a game, especially considering the fact that they do funnel pretty much half the targets to Garrett Wilson. Like, you can survive, man. I, if you call some more pass plays and stop calling everything up the gut to run, you will be totally fine. Because it's not like you're winning games because of offense anyway. And stop calling – stop going run, run, empty. Like, do they not understand the point of establishing the run game? It's called establishing the run so that you have something to get the defense has to give a shit about. When Brees Hall gets going, you leverage that. That's how you elevate your quarterback. It's not just running because it's an early down and then, okay, it's time to pass. They know we're passing. No. Like, oh my God, if I see them in empty from shotgun one more time after running on first down, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. It's so, it's so backwards and it's, Yes, I get it worked with Aaron Rodgers. Again, I know I'm making the same point. It's You don't have Aaron Rodgers, dude. You have to make your quarterback's life a little bit easier. It's Can just bananas. This guy's paid millions of dollars. Like I just don't, <laughs> I just don't understand. Like It's it's so much uh, to where, like, coming to the season, right, the talking point for a lot of people was, okay, the Jets have, like, three really good running backs, and they have Izzy Abanikanda if anybody was to get hurt. I haven't seen them really do any effective two running back plays this entire season. Um, I haven't seen them do. I haven't seen them utilize Conklin well as a blocker out of the backfield, which I think was something that they could have done a lot better um, and built off of last season, where he was, I thought, decent at that. Um, and if you really want to lean into the run that much, right? Like using Conklin in that way, having him in the backfield is your is your route to getting Ruckert on the field more. Because you want him to be an inline guy for blocking if, if you're going to really, you know, get a snap percentage up. And I, I hate to to kind of handicap the offense this way, but, like, if you're going to go pretty much funneling every target to Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard is going to drop one out of every four passes and then not be open on the other two targets. You could just run 13 personnel and, and pound the ball. You got Brees Hall who can carry, you know, for 25 times a game. You got Dalvin Cook who can handle a workload. Michael Carter who can handle, you know, some touches, 8 to 10, maybe 12 touches a game. And it doesn't really limit your explosiveness because of how good 
Brees Hall is as a receiver. That's my take on it. I think so much of their offense besides Garrett is between six to seven yards of the line of scrimmage anyway. That like it doesn't matter, man. Just get more body, get bigger bodies on the field, and then you can really lean on people. But I think at this point, you know, it's kind of not crying over spilled milk, but the season's not going to change because it hasn't changed 10 weeks in. This is, this is just a problem with, I mean, we talked about this before coming on air. It's just like, Hackett sucks, and Zach Wilson isn't going to go and like you have to elevate him. And his coach is the worst coach to do that. I mean, yeah. he he has the least creative playbook. There's no, there's nothing. It was entire. This team was built to have Aaron Rodgers on it, and Aaron Rodgers isn't on it. So I mean, that sucks. They're wasting another year of elite defense, and the other team in New York, like Tommy DeVito is your quarterback. Oh God, they got killed by Dallas with Tommy DeVito as your quarterback. Like, what do you talk about there? I just don't. I mean, if we're if we're talking about the Giants Cowboys game, I think the one thing there is to talk about one, their defensive backs and safeties got shredded by the Cowboys receiver score uh, by Dak Prescott and their receivers, and I think even heading into this week two and seven now they're two and eight, even at two and seven, most people would have said most Giants fans even would have said, yeah, this season sucked, it's been miserable. But Deontay Banks, this defense, that's a bright spot. Like, we have something to build on there. And look, I'm not saying Deontay Banks is bad. Of course I'm not. But maybe we need to pump the brakes a second, uh, a bit, because I think, I mean, this is the second straight week, I think, that he just got straight torched. Um, the tape did not look good. Uh, I'll turn it over to you. What, what, am, I, am, I, am I going too far there? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's really an accentuation of everything he's been bad at in the first couple of weeks and teams have honed, on to, honed into it, which is what you expect, right? Like they're going to get film on guys, especially rookies. They're going to expose what they're bad at. And then it's on banks to come back and be better the next, next week, next season, if you want to call it that and just look ahead to the future. So to me, it doesn't really affect my, my view of banks ceiling just because from the athletic standpoint and like, I think the mental aspect of the game, I think he's all there. It's just a learning curve, right? Like, this was a concern we had from the preseason where you were leaning heavily on two rookie DBs, uh, first year starting safety in Pinnock. So, does it suck? Like, absolutely it sucks, right? He's like, he's a first-round pick. Um, but just DBs more than any position. It's probably cornerback, quarterback and then uh, DB where the roller coaster for these rookies is just up and down. And, and you never really feel great until they fully blossom. So... Um, one thing like he, it might, it might not, it might've been Hawkins, but, uh, this defense is not great with like getting around picks and stuff, which if you watch the Jets game Sunday night, you saw sauce just, just completely like mitigate any pick they try to run on him, which is a part of the growth of a, of a DB, right? And sauce is sauce. He's a top two, three DB, whatever you want to call it. So I'm not trying to compare banks to him, but. It's just, you know, it's going to be the natural kind of course of development for Banks. Yeah, I mean, it's – as you were talking, I was like, man, I wish I could re-say what I'm trying to say because stuff like that becomes so polarizing. Oh, how dare you, you know. I, I didn't mean it in terms of like, oh, his ceiling's capped. I just meant that like 
we were having like, is he already a top five cornerback in football? Is he an all, you know, it's like, it's okay. Rookies, rookies are supposed to struggle. I just think that especially when your offense is so unbelievably uh, negative, you kind of need your defense to step up. Um, and the Giants defense kind of has gone the other way the last two weeks, giving up 30 points to the Raiders and then giving up 40, whatever it was, 49 to the to the Cowboys. So How pathetic is that? They gave up 90 points to the Cowboys this season. Uh, I mean, hasn't looked good. Hasn't I? If if we really wanted to torture ourselves, I think we could go back and listen to our first episode previewing the season. And <laughs> I, I think I, I don't think we would have expected this. The over on both teams, Jeff, was what I said. Get them next year. Get them next we'll year. Get them next year. <laughs> um, speaking of an over, that I don't know. I don't think it's going to hit this year. the uh, The Bills fired Ken Dorsey. Yeah. I guess you say it's over for Ken Dorsey. Nice. nice. This is this is where we're, this is where we're at at week ten. Those those word puns. Let's get it. Uh, <laughs> it is it is over for Ken Dorsey. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I, the Bills needed a change because look, I know, I know they've got injuries, especially but the, the injuries are on the defense. You've got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Uh, Gabe Davis has been tremendously disappointing this year. That drop early in the Denver game last night that led to the pick. I mean, I just don't think he's a number two receiver. They they have they have probably they obviously they don't have the best tight end in football. But how do you say this? I don't know how to. They okay. They have one of the best tight end cores in football. Like Travis Kelsey by himself is better than the Bills core. But you know what I'm saying? Like the the combination of Kincaid and, and Knox is very good and should be helping, is helping. Uh, and Stephon Diggs is still a star. Like this offense should be way better. Uh, I know Josh Allen's been sloppy, but something's got to give. Something had to give. And yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Joe Brady can shake things up. I think the biggest thing for them is the the decline in offense from from the last year of Dayball to to now. It's stark because the offensive talent has gotten better around Josh Allen, right? You, you drafted Killer Shakir, who I like a lot, and he's played his role well. You got Kincaid in here, who's so much better than Dawson Knox, and and not to not to really like take a shit on Dawson Knox, like he's a totally fine player, and that's why they paid him, right? Because he's he's decent. Um, but when you have Kincaid, who can look as good as he has as tight end one in his rookie season. That makes me question, like, okay, why was Dawson Knox playing so much? I have an overall theory question for you yeah. uh, related to what you're saying. Aside from, like, the star stars, you know, like Travis Kelsey, who's one of the greatest tight ends of all time, like, remove the very top upper etch- echelon of tight ends. Are tight ends just kind of replaceable these days? Like, is, is that crazy? I feel like the I feel like the draft pumps these guys out every year. Laporta, Mayor, like Mayor's gonna be fine. I just feel like Musgrave and uh, yeah, on Green on Green Bay. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, I, uh, Kinkade, oh yeah, we talked about Kincaid. <laughs> no, of course, and I yeah. don't mean to. I want you to go back to the Buffalo aspect of it, but just in general, like unless you have a guy you think is a star, a legit star, 
like why give a TJ Hawkinson a contract when you can probably get a TJ Hawkinson in the draft again? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm underrating some of these guys, but it definitely feels like tight ends are becoming more and more uh there's just more and more of them in the draft each year, I think. I think the point about them having more prospects is like I think that is a fair point, right? Just just the volume of them. But I think the vo- the value of of a tight end whether it's just an above average tight end is like very noticeable. Um, obviously, you got the Kittles and the Kelseys. Um, Hawkinson is somebody who I was really wrong about. Honestly, I'm going to just own that L. I thought he was massively overpaid this offseason, and he's been showing a lot more ever since he left Detroit. So I guess, you know, just got to look more outside of just situational stuff, right? But no fan, like, if no fan goes somewhere this offseason, and gets like decent money and a role. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's a 900 yard receiver. Like that guy's athletic profile and what he did out of college, his first couple years in Denver. It, that's somebody who I buy into being, you know, um, a legitimate X factor on offense. Just from a coverage standpoint, you no. Know, when a when a tight end has his athleticism, it dictates a lot of stuff. And in the draft this year, you know, Brock Bowers is going to come out. He's probably going to be a top ten pick, and he should be a top ten pick. He's utterly ridiculous. You got Jatavion Sanders, you got Jaheim Bell, who may or may not declare. I'm not sure about that guy. But these these athletic freak tight ends, I I, I honestly think you you pay them. Um and to to bring it back to that point about Dawson Knox, I think his contract was fine. The the thing is that Dorsey didn't didn't use him well at all last season. And he's never gonna be that guy who's like a possession uh, receiver at tight end. That 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 was never the role for him, in my opinion. He's a guy who you can put him in route concepts, and he'll play like a receiver um, the majority of the time. So that that breakout year, in fact, uh, where, where he got paid, I believe, the next season, he was running a lot of downfield routes. Um, and I, I don't know if that's a Dorsey thing to where they kind of put an end to that, but. I think to bring it back to the macro perspective of the Bills, their decline as an offense has been so so stark to see because they have so much versatility in their scheme too. They have Deontay Hardy, who I think is, is a more than fine receiver. Gabe Davis, like you said, not only has he been disappointing, I think he's been used in, in, in one of the most shitty ways you could possibly use Gabe Davis. Like, he's not somebody who I want going over the middle for an intermediate route. Like, give that to Khalil Shakir. I know he's a bit smaller of a body, but I think he has way better hands and I think he's way quicker, you know, in a phone booth. So it's just frustrating because you see the Bills EPA, right? Josh Allen specifically. Top three, I believe. Their efficiencies between the 20s. They're all top five. And then you get to, obviously the turnovers are, are more of a Josh Allen thing because of that. And like the fumble on the handoff is pathetic in all honesty. But there's just something missing, man. Like I don't know if it's the commitment to them to them not using Allen as a runner enough in the red zone, or just not being confident in their in like you know what personnel they're putting out at certain times. But this was the right decision, and oddly enough, I think Joe Brady is going to do a pretty decent job of getting them back on track because I think Joe Brady knows quarterbacks, and I think he knows how to scheme open uh, routes against coverage. If the Bills make the playoffs, if if. I'm going to bet them to win the Super Bowl, I think. 
What? Because, and I, here's why I say that. The Bills' schedule the next five weeks is ridiculous. It is probably yeah. the, the hardest five-week stretch in football this year. They have the Jets at home. I think they should win that game, but they're only six-and-a-half-point favorites. Then they're at Philly, at Kansas City, Dallas at home, at the Chargers. They have to, then they, they travel across the country to play the Chargers. That is a banana stretch. And if they come out of that three and two or four and one, which I think they're going to need, and we'll we'll hop into that in a second, because this AFC wildcard race is loaded. I think the Bills need to go at least three and two on that stretch to have a chance. Um, go three and two, and then if they finish season ten uh, two and zero oh against in two games, they should win. Um, well, excuse me, they should definitely be New England at home, and then they're at Miami to close the season, but. Who knows? Who knows what Miami will be playing for at that point? Um, so you know, whatever. Give yourself a chance at Miami to be playing for a playoff spot, and I just think Buffalo is a good matchup for Miami in general. But my point is, if Buffalo sees it through the other side of that schedule, the rest of the schedule, if they go five and two to close, and they're in the playoffs. I'm just gonna feel really good about them as a team. I think they'll be a really long price because they'll probably still only be the you know some sort of wild card seed. They'll probably be a five or a six or a seven. And I just still think that Josh Allen can beat any. I, I just think this is a team that can win any game. There are going to be teams that make the playoffs, and I'm like, are they really going to be able to put together three straight wins? And I'm just, despite the struggles, despite the the turnovers, I still think that Buffalo is one of those teams that can put together three wins on the road in the AFC. And yeah, I, 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 I'm, and here's the, here's the caveat. I will add as a cop out to myself, I don't think they're a betting favorite right now to make the playoffs. So what I'm saying probably won't come to fruition. I'm just saying on the outcomes, when they put it together and make the playoffs as a wild card seed, I think they're going to be a good Super Bowl bet. I think uh, to that point about them winning the Super Bowl, right? We talked about this a little bit before we got on. You don't think Allen is in that Mahomes top tier category, right? Or conversation? Judges? Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I feel like I'm probably lower on Allen than most people, but I, I mean, he's still pretty and arguably a top five quarterback, right? Like, yeah. Um, it's a it's a weird it's a weird tier after Mahomes. Like Mahomes has kind of certified himself as. I, I feel like there's a nice second tier of quarterbacks. You know, between Burrow and Hertz and Herbert and uh, and Allen, uh, Lamar well, Jackson. Would, would you take? I was gonna say, would you take Lamar over Josh Allen right now? Because I, to me, Josh Allen is is still the clear. Like I, I would put Josh Allen in the, in the second tier by himself, and then I would start taking like Lamar, Hertz, Burrow, and then probably tear down again after that. I would not take Lamar over Allen. But I think okay. right now, with how he's oh man, it's tough because Burrow started slow, but he was like hurt. I think I'd take Burrow um, over Allen. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird though because it's like it's not like Burrow didn't just lose a home game to the Texans, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. Um. So it, it would be disingenuous to be like, "Oh, Josh Allen, how dare you?" and act like Joe Burrow's been great this year. Um. Yeah, I just think I just I think the moral of the story is Mahomes is a lot, in my opinion. The 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 gap between one tier one and tier two is very wide right now. 
Well, well, guys, obviously Jeff is the biggest Patrick Mahomes fan on the planet. He loves him. Yes. He I loves love him. Patrick I love Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I've been listening to nothing but Taylor Swift lately because I just I just love the Chiefs so much.